Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixty Cents Podcast. I'm Lucas and I got Jonathan here. Jonathan, before, a couple hours ago, we weren't expecting this to be a very long podcast, were we? No, not uh, not a lot going on, but got a few few topics to talk about tonight, so glad some uh, NBA news came up in the last couple hours. Yeah, and let's go ahead and start with the first directly Sixers-related thing. Which Shams Karenia of the Athletic? Uh, there was a video. I don't. Did you watch the video, Jonathan? I did not. Okay. Well, th- the essential is that James Harden is conflicted on whether or not he wants to stay in Philly or if he wants to go to Houston. There are pros and cons to each, obviously, and it's according to Shams pretty close. And it could take one. You know, it, he could be swayed either way. But at the end of the day, it's going to be close whether he where he goes. So. How do you feel about that, first of all? How do you feel about him being conflicted? I mean, I, I, it feels like a play. I mean, maybe I'm just being so skeptical here, but ever since that news broke, as it's super well reported on Christmas Day, that James Camp or someone was saying he was considering going back to Houston at the end of the season, ever since then, anytime there's news about James Harden, I just think it's a move. Like, I don't necessarily know, like after the season, it seemed like there was a lot of smoke about him going to Houston. It's been relatively quiet, obviously. Um, and people are speculating if Houston even wants him and then people are saying he does. So I don't know if he's trying to hedge his bets right now. And he's seen that maybe Houston isn't going to go all in as they originally thought. Again, I think there's so much up in the air, but my first uh, reaction was that this is kind of kind of got to be a play. But again, might just be skeptical. I mean, I think there's a level of skepticism to have with James Harden, and certainly it might be a play on some levels here. Certainly, you know, he wants a max contract from Philly, you know, so that he can get that fifth year. Actually, no, he can't get the fifth year because the over 38 rule. So he he won't be able to get the fifth year, but he might get some extra money from Philly versus what he could get from Houston. Um, That that being said, I, I think there is, look, James Harden is like essentially... Like you could either say it's either him or Akeem is the most like iconic player in Rockets history, right? 
So, and it's, it's his town right now. Like if, you know, he still has family there. He has businesses there. And if he got to go back to Houston, he pretty much get to be, you know, do what James Harden used to do during his prime. Now, is that going to help Houston? I don't know. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, it might be something that he wants to do. I don't know if, if, if I'm him, do I want to coach for, do I want to play for Edoka or Nick nurse? I think that's, that's kind of a factor there, but, I think there's, I think part of it's a play, but I also think like part of it could be like legitimate. I mean, he does have family there. He has businesses and he has, you know, connections there to the community. So that, that, that could very well be the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. But before we, uh, let me, let me ask you this. Let's wanna, we're going to look at the pros and cons here for both cities. So we're going to start with Philadelphia first. Uh, what are some pros for him to stay in Philadelphia? In your Yeah. Opinion? I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Pros for Philly are you're going to be in contention to win a championship. It's probably the best team that you can be on that wants you. And you're going to be featured like you and Embiid play really well together. More familiarity. I think that's the main pro. The con is, I I was going to say money because he might have to take less. But who knows if he can finagle this from Daryl Morey and get the money he wants. I just think. The the main pro to stay is if you want to like be on a competitive team, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so then, I, I yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to touch on Houston then and, and throw it back to you. Like Houston, okay. it's the money. Houston, like the money. You're gonna you're reportedly. I'm gonna use that word just so like reportedly you're gonna get the money you want, and you'll go back home and there's familiarity. The con, though, is you have absolutely no chance of winning a championship. And if you're signing a long-term deal, I, they're not even going to be ready by the time your deal's up. So you're pretty much calling it quits and and coasting into uh, retirement with a golden parachute. But, I, I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts here? Look, with, with Philly, I'm going to say that the pros, obviously, is winning and getting to, you know, be competitive last couple years of his career. Uh, there are some cons beyond just the money here. Look, I think if he comes back to Philly, he's going to have to take a pay cut. That's just that's just has to happen here. Um, outside of that, though, look, I mean, last podcast we talked about Nick Nurse wanting to give Maxi more responsibilities, and if that's the case, that means James's role gets even smaller. And like James Harden's used to being the guy with the ball in his hands, and if Maxi's playmaking on top of you know doing more pick and rolls, playmaking that type of stuff, then Harden's just going to kind of like fade back i mean obviously he's still going to be the third best player but at the same time his role is going to get smaller and what he's going to do gets uh less tangible you know what i mean so that there's there's that concern for you know for harden as well i will say this though going back to the maury thing that you said more gives him that then then maury's going to be on notice because like if if this turns out bad maury could be gone in like a year to be honest um if he gives him the whole bag now going to Houston. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the pros are simple. He gets to be back in a place where he gets to be in control, gets to be the guy. Cause I don't think Jalen green can be the guy. I think he can be a guy on a championship team, but I don't think he's the number one. And I don't think anybody on that team really is. So I, I think it could be that. I think that could be an issue, you know, not a great ownership in Houston Tillman Fertitta is not known for his his great, you know, player connections there. Uh, The other, like you said, golden parachute into retirement. Yeah, but I think that that goes into a bigger point. It affects his legacy 
James Harden, yet another a player that never won a championship, put up big numbers, never won a championship. And, it, you know, that move makes it look like he doesn't care about a championship because Houston's not close to where they need to be in order for him to contend. He might be able to get him in, uh, in, into the play-in, maybe, but, like, that's a big stretch. And, honestly, I just I don't think that's a good I, – I don't think that's good for him. I don't think it's a good look for his legacy. Yeah. I mean, he'll go down as one of the best one-on-one scorers, like him, AI, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Kevin Durant, one-on-one scores, like, one of the best. But, like, in terms of, um, you know, being – like he'll, I don't, I, I couldn't put him in the top 20 if he doesn't at least try at the end of his career. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest thing. So going to my last question about this topic after hearing this, where do you think he goes? I think he stays. I, I just think that's going to be the end result. If they had gone with maybe a different coach, I, I might be influenced differently, but what I think, by getting nurse, it, it seems like they're trying to run this back with a different coach and at least give them one more try at a title with the current roster. So that that's what I'm thinking. How about you? James is going to do what James wants, regardless of how it looks. We've seen that when he left Houston. We saw that when he left Brooklyn. And the the way that Nick Nurse is talking about Maxi makes me believe that they believe that he's not coming back and preparing for that. So I, I'm going to say he's not coming back. I would love to be proved wrong, though, because I think him staying would certainly help. Yeah, because we, we 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 wouldn't have won. We wouldn't have put pushed Boston to seven without him. That's that's for sure. Um, you're, you're right. So, well, that let's have that take us to the NBA news of the day that came out relatively recently before we came on the pod. You were giving me a couple updates on things I hadn't heard about, but Chris Paul has been waived by the Phoenix Suns. So, no, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. He hasn't been officially waived. He's actually talking with them about their future now. I'm sorry for cutting in. I just no, want to make sure I appreciate we appreciate gotta... it. But yeah, yeah, it sounds like it sounded like that's the way it's going, which. It's kind of shocking, um, but I guess probably not a lot of options out there for a trade partner. So just what are your thoughts here? Like, it seems like the Suns are obviously just trying to get off the money that they owe him. So what do you think will happen with him? So I I don't know if they're going to buy him out, wave him, stretch him, trade him. And there was even some things about him potentially getting – uh, let go and then coming back on a cheaper deal. Um, everything's on the table at this point. It's just clear that the Suns don't want to bring because his contract right now is only guaranteed 15 million. If they get rid of him between before June 28th, uh, that that uh, if it, if they don't get rid of him before June 28th, then it's only it's fully guaranteed at 30 million. Um, that that makes things difficult. Uh, you know, obviously, it, I don't know what they're gonna do. But it's clear that him being there on the current deal is not going to happen. I I suspect. I suspect that they they might try to bring him back on a cheaper deal, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure here, got, uh, Jonathan, for you. Yeah, no, I'm not sure either, but it seems like a lot like when this news happened, almost any team in the NBA um, was trying to discuss just the possibility it's not like oh we need him but 
just the thought of like, could he come to said team? So what are your thoughts? I mean, especially let's go first. If James Harden leaves, is he a good enough replacement for Harden to get in the starting lineup? If, if we went after Chris Paul, what's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Uh, I'm going to say no. And it's for two reasons. One, let me make it crystal clear. Chris Paul can still play make like none other. He's His mind is sharper than ever. He can still make all the passes. That's not the issue. The issue is we saw a dramatic decrease in his offensive production last year. I know he was on my fantasy team. And... The other thing is, is that he, he's, he's already six foot and like, he's, you know, he's, he's been a pest, you know, he's been solid defensively, but like him and Maxie in the backcourt, I just, it's the Fred Van Vliet thing again, undersized, don't love it. And like I said, the, the, you know, drop off in production last year, I think he averaged around like, not, I, I want to say nine, I can look it up real quick, but like, it was not like a easy number hang on let me see here chris paul last season he averaged oh he averaged 13 points per game but that's still the lowest since actually the lowest of his career he wasn't the most efficient can he does he still have something left i'm i'm not sure um could he be a really good backup for philly absolutely um but i i don't know i don't i don't know yeah, I see. I, I, that was one of the questions. I see you. Like, could he be a reserve? I, I think he could be a reserve in this league, but I, I'm not sure he wants to. I, I think he still thinks that he's got a lot of talent left and he wants to start. As you said, I'd, I'd vehemently argue that he is top five uh, NBA like basketball IQ. I think he's brilliant out on the court with Jokic, LeBron. Like, he's in that conversation. So I think that helps you extend your life in the NBA, and, and maybe that can help. But I guess the last question before we close out this topic is if Harden did stay, can Paul play a large alongside Harden? We did see that in Houston. Yeah, we did see that in Houston, but you know, Harden was part of the reason that Chris Paul got shipped to, um, to OKC. So they would have to mend the fence there. And then obviously I think, you know, if he comes to Philly with James, then, then he's going to have to come off the bench because you're not putting Tyrese on the bench for uh, Chris Paul. And then yeah. it really would be Rockets East if Chris Paul came. I didn't even think about that when I wrote the agenda. But yeah, no, uh, I, you know, they would have to bury the hatchet. It's been some time, so totally possible for that to happen. But um, I, I, I don't see that happening. Like I said, I, I think the most likely outcome here is that he just comes, you know, he gets waived and then comes back to Phoenix on a cheaper deal. Um, but I, you know, who knows? Who knows? He might go to. You know, if he goes to the Lakers, you know, that that could have finally came into fruition after the veto trade by uh, David Stern back into what was it? 2011, 2012. Yeah, I think it was around then. But yeah, that. uh, Yeah, I I like you're saying with Chris Paul. I mean, as I mentioned, a lot of media just trying to speculate where he could possibly go when he was leaving the Thunder. It was Houston and Philly like that was two the two places that were really being talked about. So. I I don't think he's going to end up here just like you, but it's, it's not out of 
like imagination. I don't think it's crazy to talk about this, especially considering the past. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's it's probable, but I think it's not out of the realm. I mean, imagine a pick and roll with Chris Paul and Joel Embiid. That that yeah. would probably be just almost as good as James Harden. And but yet again, the the question is, do you really want to have a small backcourt of Chris Paul and Tyrese Maxey? I I think not. So unless he's willing to come here as a vet, which I I know there are teams that would still let want him to start. So like I don't think he comes to Philly as a as a as a reserve. Yeah. Okay, but let's let's go ahead and we're gonna go to our last topic here. We're going to talk about NBA Finals. Let's start with Game 2 reactions. I'm going to be honest, Jonathan. I was out on a date, so I didn't actually see this game, and I apologize. But I did, see some, box, I, I did see some box score stuff, and I got the general gist from the analysts. So, Jonathan, Game 2 reactions. Jokic came out with, what, 41 points? What, what are your thoughts on that, making the, him a score? The craziest stat is that they are 0-3 this playoffs when he scores more than 40. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone was saying, though, you got to make him either a scorer or a passer. Like, his passing is more dangerous. But if he's going to have, like, you can't let him get these double-doubles, triple-doubles. Like, you either got to let him go off or let him be a passer and shut him down. And they went and chose the option of letting him score. And that really made the other players struggle. I mean, great credit to Spo coming up with a good game plan. And it looked like Jokic was just, like, frustrated at the end taking it to the rack like he's getting these points when he's just looking around and no one's there and he's just going hard to the hoop and putting it up I mean I uh I'm shocked they lose when he scores so much but he's such a dangerous facilitator that that's uh that's probably the big reason and then you're saying the heat culture yeah I mean I, I hate admitting it but it really is a thing I mean they play so hard They grind it. I think they were down 15 at one point and eight going into the fourth quarter. Like they just don't give up. They just constantly think they can win. And it is a real thing. Heat culture is a real thing. Yeah. Look, um, Jokic dominating scoring wise. What did I say last podcast? I said, you got to make him a score. Can't let him pass. You got to take the, take the 40, 50 plus you'll deal with that. Just, just don't let him. Don't don't let him go off on you. Um, uh, don't let him because two's uh, three's bigger than two, and you know he's going to take a lot of you know mid range, inside the paint shots. So that's what happened there. And look, he culture. You had Ty, uh, not Tyler here, although he might be back for game. Is Tyler here going to be back? I don't. I didn't see anything. He was about ruled that. out for. He's ruled out for game three. Oh, is he okay? So, but, like, you know, uh, Duncan Robinson came off the bench in the fourth quarter. They were down eight. He went on a, a 10-0 run himself in the fourth. Um, and just, guys, you know, Jimmy wasn't the most dominant again, and that's okay because you had other guys pick up the slack. Um, Bam was great. You know, a lot of uh, – Gabe was it Gabe Vincent that I think had, like, what, 23? Um Yeah. And Jimmy's yeah. supposedly hurt with an ankle injury. Not supposedly, he is, but I just feel like it's not being reported because he probably wants to keep it under the radar. Yeah, of course. So, like, look, uh, Miami, you never want to – I don't want to doubt Jimmy Butler unless he's playing, like, against LeBron James, which, I mean, technically, I thought he played better than LeBron in those finals, or at least for two out of the – you know, the two games that they won, he definitely outplayed LeBron. I mean, he – he he's been fantastic. So I think Jimmy, 
Um, look, I you can't count out the Heat. I mean, don't get me wrong. Denver is a great team. And by all accounts, they should win this series. But it, Miami has home court advantage now. And I'll tell you what, if Denver doesn't win this game three, I I I think the odds will shift in Miami's favor in a big way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a this is a really important game for Denver. I mean, they got the momentum going back home. The, when you split, I was listening to Tim Legler. Like when you split on the road, it really is important. Like which way you split. Like if you're the road team and you win the first game, but you lose the second, going back the momentum's still with the favored team, but to be able to get the second game with a win on a high going back to your home stadium, like that that's big. Yeah. Look, and go, speaking of game three, let's go ahead and talk about Denver's adjustments. What does Denver have to, what can Denver do to adjust this Miami here? What, how can they adjust? What adjustments can they make? Honestly, I think it's just effort. Like there's, there's two uh-huh. things. The defensive effort, Michael Malone ripping into his team was just stunning. Like I, he does, he does that a lot, though. He does that a lot. If you follow the I Nuggets, know, but, but like that way, the, like I, he did it uh, like most recently when they lost the Rockets at the end of the regular season. But like I've seen coaches go in on on players and and his team, but he ripped them up. And everyone that you're hearing talk about it is just saying like, you know your team well enough if you're a head coach, and he has to know that they're going to reply respond to that. And I kind of think they will. Like I think Denver's going to play a lot harder on defense. Specifically, they're saying these like open shots of six feet or more. The Heat have had like 30 plus in both games. And the difference is they just didn't hit them in game one. So the like the real thing is they have to close out on these shooters and they have to be able to play a, a stronger defense. So Miami's not getting wide open shots because if they get wide open shots, the game's over. So I really mm-hmm. just think it's going to be the effort. And, and I think Michael Malone knew what he was doing with his team. Look, I don't really have much more to say on that. I think the only thing that I will say is that if uh, Michael Porter Jr. isn't engaged defensively early on, you got to pull the plug on him because he he had a, a he was a big part of their defensive problems last game. Um, and I think if he struggles, you got to go to uh, uh, Bruce. Is it Bruce Brown? Yeah, it's Bruce Brown. Yeah. I was thinking of Bruce Bowen in my head for a second. I'm like, why am I thinking of Bruce Bowen? I don't know why. Um, but yeah, no, you got to go to Bruce Brown. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, I think that's, you know, effort, you know, cause clearly they're the better team. They just got to try. And they, I, you know, that Miami's been there before Denver hasn't. And that last game, game two was a, showing them that, Hey, you know, that Miami's veteran presence of it versus Denver's not, but I mean, at the same point, they were, you know, tying Jamal Murray bucket away from going into overtime. So that looked good when he released it. So who knows? Who knows? It's going to be a close series. We'll see what happens. Jonathan, let's go ahead and uh, how about you play us out, man? Yeah, everyone. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you listening to the Sixer Sense podcast. You can go read our work over at the com. And you can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, wherever you're going to listen to any of your podcasts. Lucas and I are going to be out on vacation the next couple of episodes, but we look forward to uh, coming back and bringing you some podcasts in a week or so. So, again, thanks for listening, and until next time, go Sixers.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.